Anyways, we're going to talk about something that is more of a toolbox. I'm not going to steal the thunder of the messages that, uh, that Poncho is bringing, because if his thunder entered me, I'd blow up. Okay, I just can't contain that thunder. So we're going to just do a kind of a utility, and then we're going to have like a practicum, a little, a little practice on this. Okay, so we're going to talk uh, this morning about guidelines to engagement, praying with your spouse. Now, if you're part of our church, yes, I'm talking about it again, because <laughs> I always do. Um, it says in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now understand, I'm a context guy. The context of this is church discipline and leadership, right? And, and as you pray and as you do things biblically, if someone is brought under church discipline, the Lord agrees with you. But at the same time, the mystery of this verse astounds me. Because if two or three are gathered together in his name, there is something powerful about communal prayer. We are intimately supposed to have prayer time with God, but communal prayer is powerful. And so it's not just limited to discipline, but when he says, I'm there in the midst of them, it doesn't mean like, how can God who is present everywhere and everywhere he is, he is the fullness of all that he is, ever be more present? But the idea behind that is the understanding of the power of God present when we pray communally. And the most important communal prayer that you can have is with your spouse. Now, Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. And the thing is, if you commit to prayer with your spouse, your personal prayer life will also grow because you will be stronger, right? That, that, that idea of that unity between you two and God. Now, very practical, practically in James chapter 4, verse 1, it says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war within your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Do you fight and war sometimes? Is there not peace? And here's the thing. The Lord says, pray for peace. Where? In your marriage. Pray for blessing in your marriage. But so many of us do not ask. Genesis 2.21, the Lord caused deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. He took up one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made into a woman. He brought her to the man, and Adam said, Now this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Now that means for us as believers, because we're triune, that means physically to be not ashamed. But it also means emotionally to be not ashamed. And these are two things that worldly couples can share, the physical intimacy and the um, emotional intimacy, if they're doing marriage right. But how many of you guys like, would like to sit all day or for the rest of your life on a stool with two legs? Because God gives us a third leg 
as Christians. He gives us spiritual intimacy. And I have found that many Christians are married to each other, but they have not Christianized their marriage. They have not Christianized their marriage. They're two Christians, and they have all the principles of Christianity, but they haven't inserted in between them the practices of Christianity. And so in this toolbox, we're going to first talk about prayer, and then we're going to talk about Bible time together. But personally, I believe that prayer is the most important, spiritually um, intimate activity that you can share with your spouse. Barna says 96% of Christian couples do not pray together on a regular basis. We pray over dinner, we, we pray at a tragedy, we pray at church, but not on a regular basis together, um, specifically. So that's 96% of Christian couples. 94% of evangelical pastor with his wife, 94% do not pray together on a regular basis. This is the crisis in the American church today. It is the crisis. And here's the deal. You don't lead people where you're not willing to go yourself. Okay? But here's the facts about prayer. Less than 1% of couples who pray together daily in their marriages. Less than 1%. In fact, in a Gallup poll done by the National Association of Marriage Enhancement, their stat was this. One in 1,152, one of those couples who pray together on a regular basis will get a divorce statistically. That's not 1%. That's one thousandths. It's not one out of 100. It's one out of 1,152. Is prayer important? You know, it's so important, and I love doing marriage counseling because I love the results of marriage counseling. I love seeing marriages come back together. Um, I'm personally writing a book on marriage right now, and, and one of the most important things is prayer. And I will not continue counseling a couple if they refuse to seek to pray together on a regular basis because I feel like I'm wasting my time. And I tell them, I can't care more about your marriage than you do. Okay, a University of Chicago uh, study says that 75% of Americans who pray with their spouses reported that their marriages are very happy. Those who pray together are more likely to say that they respect each other, discuss issues of marriage together, and rate their spouses as skilled lovers. It helps your sex life. <laughs> Hoorah. I didn't hear anything. You guys laughed. You did like, you know. And psycholo uh, Psychology Today, the magazine, got, actually got into the action, and they're secular. It says that research shows that religion and positivity impacts close relationships, boosting marital satisfaction and stability. Including God in the marriage stabilizes and enhances marital commitment. They call it the reverse selfie. Pray for your partner, not for yourself. Becoming more selfless. Biblical principle, right? 
Prayer includes praying for both self and others. In a relational context, again, this is from uh, psychology today. However, specifically praying for your partner can increase relational commitment and predict relational success. Partner-focused petitionary prayer, PFPP, of course, they've got to add this stuff, right? Is linked to both relational satisfaction and level of commitment. Petitionary prayer is praying in one's own fashion and language for assistance with specific needs as opposed to rote, memorized prayer. When researchers examine petitionary prayer that focus specifically on the well-being of one's partner, results indicated that praying for your partner increases commitment as opposed to just praying for yourself. And this could go on and on and on. Obviously, prayer is important. Why do we not pray with our spouses? Here's what I've found. Normally, when an attempt is made, Satan attacks men's pride. Right? We, we are just naturally prideful. But if, if that element is surrendered to God, it's, it's in a sense a good thing. He sanctifies that same feeling that in the flesh is called pride. But we as men want to be duty, dutiful, honorable, and courageous, right? But we protect this image of ourselves, and, it, and it's pride. But when my wife, and this is my own personal experience, and I get a little tit for tat, my pride is hurt. And what happens when I pray in, in, a, in a negative way or make negative context to, uh, comments towards my wife? Her emotions are damaged. She has way more highly developed emotions than I do. And they're, they're more easily hurt, right? And so normally we don't pray because when we've tried to do it, men's pride has, has gotten hurt, so they want to resist that. Protect at all costs. Or women's emotions have gotten hurt. Protect at all costs. And Satan does not want you to pray. And your flesh doesn't want you to play, uh, pray. It isn't, the devil made me do it all the time. The devil doesn't want you to do it. But also your flesh resists prayer. And so we're going to talk about guidelines to engagement in uh, prayer with your spouse. So number one, start with, um, actually this needs to be on. Start with Thanksgiving. Okay, start with thanksgiving. Thanking God for his blessings, it changes your heart. Thanking God for the blessings of your spouse changes your perspective. Because we, as human beings, it's proven psychologically that if something is wrong, that is wrong is going on and 10 other things that are good are going on, what do we focus on? The wrong thing. So when you go into prayer with your spouse, start off with thanksgiving. Thanking God for him and putting him in the proper place. But secondarily, thanking God for that person that is sitting across from you. I hear so, so many couples, you know, I don't deserve this man. I don't deserve this woman. And I say tongue in cheek, but truthfully, yeah, you deserve to go to hell and burn for all of eternity. And you get a spouse. Oh my goodness. You know, one of the men serving, he's been sharing with me, like he'd love to be here with his wife, but his, his wife passed away recently. And we are so fortunate to be married. But don't focus on the negative when you go into prayer. Thank God. And it changes your, your perspective on your spouse a lot. You know what? My wife has, has wished that I wasn't ADD for almost 32 years. Well, longer because we dated for a while, right? I still am. You know, 10,000 times on the way home from work. Honey, would you pick up this at the, at the store? And what do I do? I get home. She goes, oh, did you bring the milk? And I go, I was on my way to go get it. <laughs> you know? And literally... 
I have failed a hundred to one in those things, right? Because my mind just goes, and it does it. But when we sit down to pray, my wife says, thank you for my husband who's been a good daddy to my children, who has provided, who has been faithful. You know, so those things that I'm good at, she does pray for. And it, I tell you what, not only does it change her perspective, I feel blessed, right? So Thanksgiving is so important. Now, in, in, in Philippians 4, I, I put a lot of this down here because the context is, is conflict, right? So when Paul's writing the Philippians, he says, I, I implore these two women to be of the same mind in the Lord. What? They're bickering. Go figure. I've never seen that happen in a church. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and the rest of my fellow's workers whose names are in the book of life. And then it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. What is the immediate context of what's happening here? It's these two women bickering, and you're going to try to... And then it says, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. And this is that famous passage, right? And, and we, always forget, we always quote this, but then we forget the with thanksgiving part. And that's the catalyst that brings it all together. So number one, I'm not going to spend as much time on all these, but number one is with thanksgiving. Start off with thanksgiving. And there's always something to be thankful for. If not, read your Bible more. Count your blessings. Be thanky, not cranky. Had to throw it in there. <laughs> Number two, share your prayer needs. I don't have a, a verse for this, but here's, here's the thing that happens. Again, since we're so into protecting our emotions and our pride, if my wife, you know, and, and I, feel, I just feel she has, you know, a problem with the way I'm doing something. And she bows her head and she goes, Lord, help my husband to stop being such a slob. I don't want to pray with her ever again, <laughs> you know? But here's the thing. If she goes, what can I pray for you for? And I say, you know what? I just feel like I'm jumbling everything. I'm letting things drop. I know I haven't, you know, cleaned up my shoes in the corner or my pile of clothes on the dresser for a while. And, and it, it bothers me. And then she prays, dear Lord, help my, pro my husband to not be such a slob. I've given her permission, and I'm blessed that she is concerned about me at that point. See how different that is? She's not preaching at me. She's praying with me when we ask permission to pray. Now, you guys are going, huh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Because you, we've all done this to each other, right? So share your prayer needs and, and ask permission. To, uh, number three, don't judge another's prayer. Listen. You are, this is why it's so unifying to pray. You are listening to an intimate conversation between someone and their God. And you get to listen in. You're a fly on the wall with their relationship with God. And it brings spiritual intimacy. But see, here's, here's the difference. Men and women communicate differently. My wife prays deep, intimate, longer, detailed prayers. Her prayers are beautiful. I pray theologically correct, <laughs> short, boring prayers. And we used to judge each other's prayer. Like, and I'm ADD, right? So I start fiddling with stuff. And then my wife looks up. Are you, are you praying with me? I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, her problem with me is, are you done? 
Like we're praying for our children. What, what's your deal? Well, I prayed the necessary things. So if I pray first and then she prays, I'm like, oh, yeah, forgot that, forgot that. I didn't pray. Whoa, this is a good prayer, man. I should have I prayed second. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but here's the thing. I embrace the differences now. I don't judge them. My wife is different than me. So don't judge each other's prayers. They're intimate. Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, Lord, you know it all together. So understand, when my wife is praying deep, long prayers and I'm praying short theological prayers, God knows our hearts. And it's not up to us to judge our spouse. And I tell you what, you're praying. Get over it. Getting to the, the battlefield of prayer is the victory. Resist judging. Four, don't, don't blame the other person for the lack of your prayer together. I gave you the stats. And I'm, I'm guessing any of you guys that have walked with the Lord together in a marriage for any amount of time have attempted prayer and failed. You've got to be willing to fail 10,000 times during your marriage. If you fail 10,000 times, that means you have tried at least 9,999 times or 1,000 times. Try again. Your flesh doesn't want to do it. Satan doesn't want you to do it. So you recommit to doing it. My wife and I have been trying and failing and trying and failing. And Last week, we'd been so busy preparing for this and, and all this, and we were praying together because we had um, you know, a week of prayer and fasting. And, and so we were going through all this, but we hadn't really sat down. I looked at her the other day just jokingly because this is a hypocrisy, and I'm just letting you guys in. Like, honey, we need to make sure to read the Bible together and pray because I'm teaching on it, <laughs> you know? But we understand, and she didn't judge me for that statement because we just know we've got to get back to it okay so don't blame the other person for your lack of experience together and 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 the, clearly one spouse often suggests prayer first don't judge the other person my wife is spiritually sensitive i relate to god on an academic level many times you know my faith is apologetics almost you know it's like i sell faith but i'm that's the way my mind works my wife is relational. She is so much better at relationships. I learned so much about a relationship with God through my wife that I can't explain theologically. She gets it, okay? So who do you think requests prayer more often? My wife. But I felt judged by my wife when she would suggest prayer. But you know what I do now? Whenever she suggests prayer. Now, sometimes I do it now. I'm getting better at it. She's been praying for years that I become a prayer warrior, and I think I actually have. I've caught up with my wife a little bit. But regardless of my emotions, men, we can do this. We can choose to go against our emotions. That's manhood because we're not as emotional. Whenever my wife suggests prayer, my men, she'll say, she'll say it like this. Honey, can we pray? Now, this is my male pride, and guys, you'll relate to this. Women, don't be offended. You know what we hear sometimes? Are we going to pray, you spiritual leader? <laughs> and really, I've, 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 I've had to come to the realization that my perception is not always reality because that battle against my male pride is so strong. 
And so whenever my wife, and I would say 99%, we might be busy doing something or, you know, hold on, honey, I'm late for church and I got this last point to make or whatever. I'll, I'll pray real quick after that. Or can we do that this afternoon? That happens sometimes. We get it. We're not legalistic. But I would say almost all of the time, and my, my determination as a man, again, this, this duty as a man is to say yes. So whether she's being snarky, okay, Mr. Pastor Man, Aren't you going to pray with your own wife? You pray with other people, you know. Even if she says it that way, you know what the answer is? Oh, yeah, for sure. Why? It's going to be better. Because we've included God back into our marriage. Once again, it is so, so important. So don't judge each other's prayer. Don't blame each other's for your lack of prayer. Get back. Avoid the trap of prayerlessness because of foolishness. As Christians... You have the creator of the universe, sustainer of all things, wanting you to bust into his throne room, jump on his lap and say, Abba, Father, Daddy. And we don't do it because of our pride or our hurt emotions. Stop it, right? Stop. Do not avoid the trap of prayerlessness because of foolishness. Push through and pray. Number five, set an expected accepted and expected time. And this is just a real practical thing. Yeah, I could quote verses come early in the morning. I'm a morning person. I wake up at five. No matter how many hours of sleep I got, I wake up at five. I would love for my wife to wake up with me and for us to start off the day like that. My wife is a night owl. So we have, to, we have to catch some time where it's acceptable for both of us when we're more likely to be home. We're empty nesters. We do ministry at the church all the time, and we have all these nights. So our time is around 8 to 9-ish, right, um, on, on the weekdays when we're both there together. And dishes, working on a Bible study, you know, watching YouTube, whatever. We just kind of have this agreement that we will drop everything and come to prayer, if you know, when one accepts it, okay? It is acceptable because my Betty by time, it's not my bedtime, my brain shuts down at 10. I'll stay up later, just don't listen to a thing I say, okay? <laughs> and in the morning, my wife is not happy about it, you know? And so it's an accepted time, and then it's also expected. We're not legalistic. We are busy. You guys are busy. You're in different stages of life. And so I would say on, on normal weeks where we don't have conferences coming up and crazy, crazy chaos going on, I would say three to five times a week we kind of hit that. But then with the willingness to say yes whenever anybody wants prayer because we love to take walks together. And certainly if there's something needful going on in our kids' lives or whatever, we, we take a walk and pray or we make a special time to pray. Sometimes when we're driving, we pray. So we really try to hit it. But if you set that normal time, you're setting a place where at least you're going to hit it a couple times a week, right? That's purposeful. So set an expected and accepted time uh, to pray. And I already hit this a little bit. When you fail, recommit to pray together regularly. Again, we've had to do it hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace uh, for help in time of need. We get to come boldly before the throne of God. And if you do that in your marriage, it's just, it's awesome. 
And number seven, expect that sometimes it will not be special and soldier on. I love eating at town and country restaurant. It's my favorite breakfast place. I know on the south side it's a different place, but I live on that side of town, right? So town and country, you know, the old vinyl chairs, the old school, everything. I love that place. But what if I don't go to town and country? You think I'm going to eat? Just because it's not town and country doesn't mean that I don't eat, right? And the thing is, just because it's not steak and eggs or steak and potatoes or whatever you love, you know, carne asada or, you know, El Pastor for lunch after church, whatever, you know, whatever it is, you still need to sustain yourself. And expect, yeah, sometimes you're just praying. and Yeah, well, praise God, we prayed. It's always good. It is always good good so agree to start this prayer adventure with a no guilt right to return to prayer policy right i probably should have you guys sign a contract with one another and remove the roadblocks and just get back to prayer okay so what i'm going to give to you guys right now and i don't know how close to on schedule we are take between five and ten minutes and just pray with your spouse be Thank God, and just kind of go back and forth. One, thank God. The other one, thank God for each other and for him. And then you, you can stop there and just go, what can I pray for you for? Or however you want to structure it, but, but include those two things. How can I pray for you? Or what do you think we need to pray for as a couple? Right? And then just pray for one another. And maybe pray for prayer. Tuesday mornings, Tuesday nights, we're always praying for prayer in our church, that it just prays more. It is the foundational things. We can have laser lights, laser show, you know, the the rock band and everything else, and we can gather a lot of people, but the substance starts with prayer. Every great revival throughout history normally started with prayer somewhere. And let it be in your marriage and let it be in your hearts. (laughs) 